Welcome to the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy and a nutritional therapy practitioner specializing in chronic digestive issues, allergies, sensitivities, and autoimmune conditions. Join me for episode 21, where we meet Andrea Dahlman, nutritional therapy practitioner from Washington State. Learn how helping her husband with his health led her to the field of nutritional therapy. Hear how her interest in digestive issues has grown into a focus for her practice. Listen until the end to hear her quick tip for healthier living. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. Functional nutrition is similar to functional medicine in that it seeks to strengthen the systems of the body and address root causes of illness. As nutritional therapy practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease and we recommend working with a qualified practitioner. Now, let's talk to Andrea. Good morning, Andrea. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you having me on. I'm really excited to meet you and to hear more about what you do. First, let's start um, a little bit about you. So I always love to hear how people come to know about nutritional therapy. Can you tell me a little bit about how you heard about it? In earnest, like many other people, my husband was having a health issue and it came about, and I'm happy to share that story. It's one that takes me back to 2000 and I think 10. He had was coming out of his fourth sinus surgery and I was like four sinus surgeries. And the surgeon said to us at the time when we were kind of in the out going out of the hospital, he said, well, I'll see you next year. And I was like, what? Next year, when we met for the like recall, when you come back after you have a surgery to see how things are healing, I said, what do we need to do to make it so that my husband doesn't have to have a fifth sinus surgery? And they, were, they had no answers. He basically said, well, we don't know what's causing these polyps to grow in his sinus cavity. And what was scary was that he actually had to have an MRI where they mapped where his sinus cavity was and where his brain was so that they didn't have any error and cause brain damage. And I was like, you know, I'm not really comfortable with us doing a fifth sinus surgery. So we left that appointment and that's when I said, I think we're doing something wrong. And I just started researching. And in my research of looking for where, what are the things that we have control over and food being one of them, it led me to nutritional therapy. So for me, that was kind of the impetus to get me into like, what are we eating and how are we treating our bodies? The other piece of my husband's health story was that he actually was a sufferer of migraines, but part of it was the pressure from the sinus issues that he had going on. And so I was like, there's, we're st- something is not right. So again, back to what we were eating. And I was watching a food documentary, if you can believe that, way back in the day. And one person on this food documentary mentioned nutritional therapy. And it just like zinged my heart. I said, that sounds like something I need to look into. And now, 2020, here we are, all these years later, I've been practicing nutritional therapy. 
Wow, that's quite a story. So how long ago uh, did you um, actually get certified in nutritional therapy? So I went through the program in 2011 and then graduated in 2012. So I've been doing it for a little over eight years now. Fascinating. Yeah. 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 And so the Nutritional Therapy Association, most people, well, most people haven't even heard of nutritional therapy, but the Nutritional Therapy Association, for those of you that are not familiar, is based in Washington State. Yeah, uh, just probably down the not road. far from you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So you were watching a food documentary and they mentioned nutritional therapy and you had no idea this was based near you. I, I didn't. And at the time, the program was that it was live and in person and you there was no online element like it is today. So I, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this and see if we can't make a change. I actually went to my husband and I said, I think that I need to go back to school. When I originally um, had gone to college the first time, I thought I was going to be a registered dietitian. So I had already had kind of a passion for food and nutrition, but stepped away from it. And we can get into that in a little bit. Um, but when he was having these health issues, I was like, I got to find something food wise that's going to support our family, essentially. And Again, I heard somebody say nutritional therapy, and like any good FBI wife, I, I'm not FBI, but <laughs> feeling like that, doing my research and trying to figure out how to uncover what I needed to know to help him and our family. So, so please continue the story because uh, so now you heard about something that you thought could help, and you started doing research, and you started you enrolled in this course, and what did you find out about nutrition that helped your husband with his nose polyps? I mean, this yeah. is fascinating. It was crazy. The polyps and the and the migraines, and he had been a migraine sufferer for a super long time. So I, I came back to him and I said, I think I should go to this school. And he said, listen, if you only fix me and we never have to have another sinus surgery, money well spent. So I went to school and I came home. I don't know. I must have been about halfway through the program. And I, I said, you know what, honey, I think we're eating something that or you're eating something that you shouldn't be eating. And he, you know, of course, as a human being, we don't want to give up the things that we love. But I did kind of convince him because I'm like, we need to do some testing. And at the time, I had partnered with a, a naturopath, um, and she did some food sensitivity testing for my husband, and it came back, and his food sensitivities were crazy high in the area of specifically gluten. And then the second was dairy for him. And what was funny is after we got the tests back and I was making two different dinners and all of this, he's like, oh no, the whole family's getting tested. So we ended up testing our entire family for food sensitivities. And with what I had been learning through the Nutritional Therapy Association and then with the, working with this naturopath and in partnership with her, when we removed the things that he was most sensitive to, and the big one for him is gluten, that's when we really started to see his health turn around. And just spoiler, he never had the fifth sinus surgery. And about maybe 18 months after we had really committed to the dietary changes, not only did his whole health like journey turn around, our entire families did. So it was pretty impactful. Um, and people started to see that. And what kind of even pushed me to become an NTP and start practicing was people asking questions. And he said, Andrea, if you can help people like you helped me, you should do this. Because I really had no intention of having a, a practice. I was just doing it to help my husband at the time. 
Yeah, that's a very common story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> sometimes it's the husband, sometimes it's yourself. Right. But yeah. Um, so, you know, I love this story because it, um, it, it touches on an important aspect of what we do as nutritional therapists, which is helping people figure out their hidden food sensitivities, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah. And at that time, you partnered with a naturopath to help you do the testing. Do you do that testing yourself now? Yes. So I've actually um, done additional certification. I'm kind of a a nutrition nerd. I call myself that. Um, I have a certification from Nutritional Therapy Association, but I also have one from Restorative Wellness and Bio-Individual Nutrition. So I have two other certifications and I'm back in school again um, at the School of Applied Functional Medicine. So those other certifications have afforded me to be able to run my own lab work and help help me to um, assess that so that I can uh, assist my clients in creating a different health picture. Yeah. So you run labs like IgG and IgA panels? I do. um, For food sensitivity, I use something called the MRT, which is a mediated release testing. It's a little bit different than the IgG and IgA. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a a way to look at the body and and food sensitivities without getting too sciencey that allows for us to not just look at those specific proteins. Although there are times that that's appropriate. I'm uh, in the camp of Let's use the best test dependent on what the client actually needs. So it might be the MRT, but I do have access to IgG and IgA testing as well. So you decided to become a nutritional therapist to help your husband, <laughs> and this this put you on quite a quite a path. Um, that sounds like you've been following for the last eight years or so. What were you doing before you became a nutritional therapy practitioner? What's funny is I've had my original career, um, when I thought I was going to go to school and become a registered dietitian, I hit chemistry and that was just not my friend. And I spent many days crying after chemistry class. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized I needed to do something different. So right out of high school, I worked, I went to the Art Institute of Seattle and got a merchandising degree and went on to work for Eddie Bauer, which is a um, kind of a popular clothing company. And I worked in their international division um, and traveled all over the world um, assisting them. So it was a super fun job and I loved it. But when my uh, second child, I have four children, and when my second child was having his first birthday and I was in Hong Kong and I thought, you know what, this just doesn't feel right. So I came, decided it was time to come home and be a mom. So before I really started into nutritional therapy. I was at home raising my four kids and taking care of them. And I actually homeschooled for a while too. So that was part of, and that's a full-time job. I don't know if you've not done it, it is, it's a full-time job for sure. Um, but as I got older, that's when I felt like I had more bandwidth um, to be able to help my f- friends and family. So Andrea, you mentioned at one point that um, you had originally wanted to be a registered dietitian. So now that you're in the camp of the nutritional therapy, um, as a nutritional therapy practitioner, how, how do you explain to people what the difference is between a registered dietitian and what we do? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I get that a lot because people will ask that of, you know, why, why wouldn't I go to a registered dietitian? And a registered dietitian, I feel they really do have their place in the world, but they look at the body and nutrition through a different lens. They're um, really looking at it from 
and this is a generalization. I don't, there are probably other registered dietitians in the world that don't do this. So please don't take this as like every registered dietitian, but most are trained to help with disease, dietary disease issues. So for example, if someone has, um, is diagnosed with type two diabetes, you're going to meet at the hospital with a registered dietitian that's going to uh, give you a diet that's supposed to help you with type 2 diabetes or if you've had a cardiovascular surgery. Most of the time they work in a medical setting and have a very different lens in which that they're um, looking at the foods that they're choosing. With nutritional therapy, the difference really is, is that we're looking at the whole person, their emotional health, their physical health, their spiritual health. And not only that, but looking at it from a whole food perspective, bio-individual, what does this specific body need to be able to be operational at its highest level? So it's just a different paradigm in which that people look at, whether it's a registered dietitian. But nutritional therapy for me, if some, you know, I have been asked the question, well, why don't you just go back to school and finish the registered dietitian thing? Well, because it didn't match up with what my values were. I really feel it's important to look at the whole person and give them a whole food nutrient-dense diet. And I want them to eat the biggest, broadest diet that they can. And I want most of it to come from plants and, you know, if animal pro protein's appropriate. So I'm really trying to have a, a more whole food perspective. Registered dietitians, they may or may not use packaged food. And it, it also, there's, I like to say, follow the money because a lot of the registered dietitians are sponsored by kind of some major food corporations. Yeah, I struggle with an explanation for that as well. What I've, what I've come up with is that basically registered dietitians and nutritionists are allied with the medical profession, right? So yes. they have a very much of a medical perspective. Typically, as you said, when you go to see a registered dietitian or nutritionist, you have a diagnosis already from a physician. And uh, they're there to help you with that, right? So they're not yeah. diagnosing. They're not figuring out what the issues are. They're there once that's been done to help you um, come up with a diet that, that um, correlates to uh, the medical need, your medical condition. But nutritional therapy practitioners are more, it's, a, it's an um, alternative medicine practice. Correct. So we, it is a wellness practice. It is about, as you said, looking at the whole body, all the systems, and figuring out what the status is of all of those systems and how we can optimize it through using nutritional means. And that includes things like lifestyle changes, right? Mm, yes, and, very important. <laughs> yes, and supplements. And, um, you know, I even use neural retraining techniques. So some of us incorporate other things. But it is about, it's not, so it's not solely about diet. So for people who are out there thinking, but I eat a good diet, I don't need, you know, I don't need someone to improve my diet. I work with lots of people that have beautiful diets, but they're still not getting the benefit of what they are eating. And so that is something we have to work on. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I see that that's like the, the kind of the three prongs that I look at a client is that their physical health, their spiritual health, their emotional health, and what environment is that operating in. It's really important. You can't, if you don't have a healing environment, you can have the best diet in the world. It's not going to matter. So tell me, once your whole family changed their diet, what, what kind of changes did you see? Well, for my husband, it, the crazy thing for in that, you know, and we've been together since we, I was 
we met in college, so we've been together a long time. But when when we got into a car on a Friday night or whatever date night it was, Friday or Saturday night, and he said to me, wow, you smell nice. And I had known him for a long time at that point, and he had never commented on like, like if I smelled showered or whatever. And I, I thought he's because he, he had lost all of his sense of smell. So that was a huge difference for him specifically. And then the migraines completely ceased. That was a big, big deal. So the quality of life for my husband massively improved because he wasn't suffering, you know, daily, weekly with these migraines for even for my kids. Um, it's kind of funny because my older two have a different version of me than my younger two. And, you know, I did, I grew up in a single parent home. My mom didn't do a lot of home cooking and it was kind of, uh, you know, learning by fire when you have all these kids and you have to feed them, you can't eat out. So I slowly started to make these transitions in the way I was providing food to my family and thinking about, okay, how do I get the most nutrition into them? without making them feel like they're suffering through it. So when that little shift of how I was feeding my family was huge, and then as a result, they were doing better in school and they were having more um, sound sleep. I wasn't having as many kids, you know, going to the doctor. In fact, I, I do, my kids all have a, had a pediatrician and their files were super, super thin. They would only go in for, you know, that checkup. If it If they ever got like some sort of sniffle or cold or whatever. I'm like, we're riding it out and I'm going to feed you and take care of you and with, with what I know. And so my kids have enjoyed pretty good health in this process. And for myself, like energy, mental clarity, all the things that you want, especially as you age. So did you find that you were all sensitive to gluten and dairy or? or no? Yeah, all but one. Oh, <laughs> which was kind of like, oh, but she was, she's my youngest. So it could have been that she was too young to test, but we did it anyway, because everyone else was getting tested. So, yeah, that's, she's my own, well, just one, one person. Um, but so we just went gluten-free in our house, gluten-free, dairy-free. I've been gluten-free, dairy-free, gosh, going on whatever, 10 plus years now. People will often say, well, what do you guys eat? And I'm like, well, we're fully alive, healthy. We're okay over here. I don't have a microwave at my house either, which really throws my son's friends off. They're like, where's your microwave? I'm like, we don't have a microwave. I also went gluten and dairy free. I went, well, many things free <laughs> over the years. But um, I, I, it got to a point for me where I, was, I kept developing new food sensitivities. And so my diet was getting smaller and smaller. And at, at some point, I just couldn't keep the symptoms from coming back. And this led me to not only focus on allergies and sensitivities in my own practice, but it also led me to allergy elimination techniques. So that is something that I, that I teach, that I work with, with clients, especially the ones that are, you know, they have a lot of things on their list that they are sensitive to, and it's really starting to affect their ability to put on weight and to, um, and to eat and to participate in social events. So I just throw that out there so that there, there's more than one way to skin this cat. And, you know, if you have gone gluten and dairy free, and I'm talking, you know, to the wider audience here, and you feel great, and it it works for you and it keeps working for you. That's awesome. Like just right. keep, just stay with that. But for the person who has multiple sensitivities, chemical sensitivities, food sensitivities, environmental sensitivities, 
and you seem to develop more and more with each passing year, each passing decade, it may be time to consider some um, uh, some of the allergy elimination techniques. And the one I like the best is neural retraining. So it's it's retraining the brain. I work with people to teach them yeah. how to reset their limbic system to quiet that uh, amygdala uh, mm-hmm. alarm mm-hmm. <laughs> that goes mm-hmm. off. And um, for some people, it's just super highly active and um, and then this is the cause, this is the mechanism that causes you to keep developing new, you know, sensitivities and, and intolerances. Um, so for, for many people who, um, have experienced this technique and are successful with it, it's really, really can be quite life-changing. Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. I'd love to learn more about that. I, I'm not well-versed in that. In my experience, when people keep their diet keeps shrinking, it's because you've taken everything out of the bucket, but you haven't fixed the bucket. And that really speaks to intestinal permeability. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times people miss that part of um, when dealing with food sensitivities is, you know, what's the integrity of your gut lining and do you need to do some work there? So So let's just talk a little bit about your specialty um, in nutritional therapy. So I, I, when I first started practicing, I didn't have a specialty and I would see anyone. And then about a year and a half ago, maybe almost two years now, um, I was crying to my husband and I was like, I, it, it's so hard to be an expert everywhere. And, you know, clients would come in and it was, it was difficult. Um, and I felt really stretched then. And he looked at me and his wisdom and said, well, if you could pick one thing, in what you do now, what would you do? And I said, I just love poop. I really do. And I love to see what people's, you know, and some of you might be going, oh my gosh, gross. But there's so much information in stool. And so I, he said to me, well, can you make a living doing that? And I said, I think I can. So I shifted and my, what I specialize in is digestive concerns and IBS. And I help my clients. Um, that's usually how they come through the door to me is um, if you've got some sort of digestive issue that's been plaguing you for a while. Yeah, and I, I, I love that. I love to help people in that lane. That's so interesting. Now, full disclosure, my husband is a gastroenterologist. So we hear about poop a lot around here. So that, yeah, it's a normal conversation yeah. for you. Motility, not yeah. motility, lack of motility, blah, blah. So, yeah. And so, you know, again, this is a contrast, right? There's the medical approach to dealing with these kinds of things. And then there's the uh, uh, alternative medicine or the nutritional therapy approach. Yeah. Um, I, I personally love the nutritional therapy approach. Even before I knew what nutritional therapy was, I started develop, to develop IBS symptoms. And my husband was like, mm. uh, you're going to have to come in and get a workup. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. And I <laughs> solved the problem myself by changing my diet. So... Yeah, a I lot think can he, be yeah, a lot can be done with your diet for sure. A lot, yes. And um, he, I think he took note of that. And um, it's kind of funny because the first thing I did was I eliminated gluten, and that eliminated a lot of things for me: the migraines, mm-hmm. the IBS, just like you described with your husband. And mm-hmm. he was in kind of disbelief. Mm-hmm. But um, I started keeping a, a food blog because you know now I, I was trying to keep track of these recipes and. He uh, started to refer some of his patients to my blog to find gluten-free diet, you know, gluten-free recipes because he, Smart. yeah, he yeah. thought, well, have you tried this? You know, if you haven't tried taking gluten out of your diet for a few weeks, like you should try. 
Um, so, you know, that's, that's pretty encouraging, I think. Yeah, there, it's, it's kind of interesting, because a lot of people have digestive issues. And they will, it, be, it just becomes their normal. And they're like, they'll think, oh, okay, well, you know, I, of course, I only go to the bathroom, like, you know, three times a week, and that's okay. It usually doesn't like ping them or get kind of their attention until it's paired with something else. Like, okay, I'm constipated, and now I have these debilitating migraines. And, and so there's, it's really interesting to be able to step into their story, a client's story, and help them kind of pull out the threads that are connected and help them, you know, create a journey away from where they've been. So yeah, and a lot can be done with just some simple, easy um, changes for sure. So do you have a quick tip for, um, for people that are interested in you know, trying something for their IBS or for their, yes. for their yeah, digestive distress. If there's one thing you'd say, you know, just try it, try this and see if it could work. So the biggest thing, um, and you can like literally stop listening to this podcast and do it at your next meal. It costs you $0, which is, I love a free tip, right? This there's no, you don't have to buy anything. Here's what you need to do. When you eat your meal, only eat your meal. Don't be on a computer. Don't be on your phone. Don't be, uh, you know, trying to have a conversation, a stressful conversation about, you know, your taxes or, or bringing up, you know, whatever problem solving things you're trying to think of for your family right now. That's, don't do that. Just eat. A lot of people do not take the time to sit down, take a deep breath, look at their food, connect with their food, chew their food, and then swallow their food. Be grateful for your food. When my clients do this, this is the hardest thing I ask them to do, and yet it's the easiest um, and most accessible thing. And the reason people struggle with it is because we're so conditioned to always be busy and that we need to maximize every moment. But I would tell you that you will maximize your health more by just slowing down and actually taking I say start with 10 minutes, set a timer on your phone, put your phone away, and just sit and be present with your food and really chew your food, taste your food, smell your food, see your food, and be one with the meal for 10 minutes. Start there. Huge, huge impact for the body. You're going to get more out of the food nutritionally. Your body is going to have more accessibility to the digestive enzymes and all the juices that it needs you really get see a huge benefit. And people who act, do this practice oftentimes will eat less because they can sense when they're feeling full. So you, there's some other health benefits to it as well. Oh, I love that tip. My, the mindful eating tip. Yes. Yeah. Be present with your food. <laughs> yeah. I remember starting the nutritional therapy program and they started talking about how Every mouthful of food should be chewed 30 times. Do you remember this? Right. Yes. <laughs> and I was just astounded. I, what? 30 times? Yeah. Right. The solids should become liquids before you swallow them. And I don't, this, this is so simple. It should be taught in kindergarten, right? Right. But it, it, it shouldn't be hard, but we make it hard because we're so conditioned to always be busy. 
yes, mealtime has become um, a time to catch up on things. You know, those of us that are working in office environments, we're often trying to, you know, catch up on emails or do something else while we're while we're eating or we're reading the newspaper or we're, I don't know, lost in thought or we're, like you said, we're in conversation with someone else and maybe the conversation is kind of stressful. Well, all of these things are taking away from your digestive power. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. So, yeah, no, I love that. I love that tip. Now, Andrea, do you, uh, do you see distance clients? I mean, I know you're in Washington state, but do you work with people, um, from afar? Yes, 100%. That's how I see my clients. I have a virtual practice now. So that's exactly how I work with my clients. And we either, depending on the client, it will be either um, a Zoom type call or a phone call. Oh, fabulous. And did you switch to that when you switched, uh, when you um, focused on a niche? What I um, ended up doing, my husband and I have a winery and we're planning a move soon and I needed to be closer to, we're going to move closer to where we source our grapes. And at that, that time before that, I was brick and mortar. I had two separate offices and I thought, you know what, I can't keep investing into the brick and mortar because I'm planning a move in, in five years. So I thought I better move over to a virtual practice. And so, yeah, about the time that I had made the niche change, then that's when I like stepped out of the office environment and decided to bring my practice home. Very interesting. So a nutritional therapy practitioner that has a winery. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. There's a lot we could explore there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you see synergies between those two um, parts of your life? Uh, it's interesting because uh, the winery is new. We've been making wine in, in our in our garage for about five years, and then we just went pro this year. And I I really feel like again, it's what's appropriate for the client. So you know, there are times where uh, alcoholic beverage like wine, you would say absolutely not not appropriate for you. But I do. I'm not in the camp where I would say it's a no for everyone it's really individual. So I do, because it's a fermented product and we are, we like fermented foods in the nutritional therapy world. Um, I, you know, Italians have been drinking wine for hundreds of years. So I think that there's a place for it in the diet if, you know, done correctly and with, you know, moderation and if it's appropriate for that person. Oh, yes. I think I believe in everything in moderation. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So how should people contact you if they would like to learn more? So my website is just my name, andreadalman.com. So any, you can find me there just by my name. If you want to visit my website, I have a blog. I always have a freebie. If you visit my website in the top right-hand corner, I think right now it's 60 whole food recipes to get you through uh, the season of life that we're all in, cooking more at home. Um, and on social media, you can find me as Redeeming Nutrition. That's my handle, both on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, perfect. And I'll just mention that Dalman is spelled D-A-H-L-M-A-N. Correct. Perfect, Andrea. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. You're welcome. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks for joining us for the Flourish with Functional Nutrition podcast. Please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or Stitcher. 
to learn more about Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy or check out our podcast page, visit tcnutritionaltherapy.com. To find a nutritional therapy practitioner in your area, use the provider search at nutritionaltherapy.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2020 by Twin Cities Nutritional Therapy. Music by Barbara Benn.